Hello, <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Trashlight. I am your host, Colleen. And I am your other host, Rebecca. And here on Trashlight, we talk about the good, the bad, and the culturally relevant from Stephanie Meyer's Twilight. For as long as it takes. <laughs> Today, we will be discussing chapter 11. It's called Complications, aptly enough. <laughs> um, what happens in this chapter, it directly comes after chapter 10. Bella and Edward leave the lunchroom. They go to biology. We will get into biology. They... Leave biology, she goes to Jim, she talks to Mike. She this has been her day of asking Edward questions. So she asks him some more questions, she goes home. The next morning she wakes up, she talks to Charlie a bit. Edward picks her up again and it is his turn to ask the questions about her. He asks questions about her all day. We basically follow the two of them through their whole day of him asking questions and then when they finish their day, he drives her home, but he has so many more questions that they remain in her driveway for a while until he sees Charlie's car coming and leaves. And Charlie is not only coming by himself, but both Billy and Jacob Black are, are have arrived as well. And that's where the chapter ends. You want to start with biology? <laughs> we can, of course, summarize biology with the phrase, she horny. Horny on Maine. Oh, so... So horny. So one of my thoughts was, as a teacher, you know when your students are into each other, right? Yeah. It's abundantly clear. Yes. And they all, all of the kids, they think they're so sneaky about it. But they're young and they don't know any better. So what do you think Mr. Banner thinks about all of this? Okay, so my thought about this as a teacher is that we learn later that this movie, first of all, it's on a VCR, which makes me, it must be on several VCRs. If it's oh, this yeah, long. Oh, yeah, it's that long. It takes them three whole class periods it will i think it's like a tail end into third one to finish this movie like if you forgot to plan as a teacher and you just throw in a video that's one thing but three whole class periods is either like a very significant curriculum choice or this dude is like going through a divorce like something very bad happened in his life and he just like does not have the time to like deal with this and so i don't think he's actually paying attention to these kids because i think that he has like several other things going on. <laughs> so this is where we can slide in another plug that Mr. Banner is actually Bruce Banner, Woo! the Hulk. And, you know, I'm sure Bruce Banner, the Hulk, has a lot of other things going on in his life that would make a three-hour movie shown in a biology classroom understandable. Right, but I think it's more than three hours because she only has two classes after lunch. It's just oh. biology and gym. And so, But before lunch, she's got English-Spanish trig. When does she have social studies? Or an elective? I... Okay, Stephanie Meyer's not thinking, but we, so we had hour and a half classes in high school. And, and then we, bore per day. Rotated on a sketch, like, and maybe, maybe, maybe we have only seen her on, well, no, she seems to have gym every day, because she has yeah. gym two days, and, okay, it's unclear, but it feels like if you only have two classes after lunch, even if your lunch doesn't end until 1 or 1.30, they're probably an hour and a half. So this movie takes, like, four hours to complete. And it's not the extended edition of Lord of the Rings. Literally, I just watched those movies and every time the Rohan theme came on, I was just like, because it's this, well, that's not the Rohan theme, but like, yes, but the Rohan theme, okay, this is such a tangent, but it's like played on a viola, which is beautiful, it's beautiful. because it's like just high enough, but it's on a viola, so you can just kind of hear the like long and the da 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 da
Yes. This viola is like giving me life. Okay, I, I'm a big fan of the Shire theme. When I watched the first yeah. Hobbit movie, the Shire theme plays at the end of it, and I got so nostalgic from just watching the first Hobbit movie that I had to go then rewatch the entirety of Lord of the Rings. So I was one of my good friend's dates to her sister's wedding, and her sister's bridesmaids all walked down the aisle to the Shire theme. It was very cute. And That's then, amazing. And then she and her dad walked down to the song from the end of The Princess Bride. Good. It was... Good. I was weeping. It was amazing. Um, anyway. But to get back on track... <laughs> We're so off. Yes. About how horny they are? They're so fucking God. horny. And just so repressed about it. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Like, I wrote this down in my notes. Like, if they both like each other, there's no way all that happened was that they looked at each other and thought about it. Like, in high school, if the lights are off, you're watching a movie, like, you're at least holding hands or, like, snuggling a little. They is right there. Right. Like, they're at a two-person, if you're visualizing it the way it is in the movie, they're at this, like, two-person table. They're not, like, individual desks. They're lab desks, So it's yeah. very easy to get close to the other person. You know, put an arm around the back of the chair. Hold hands under the table. Yeah. I'm not going to confirm or deny whether I did any of those things during dark movie watching in high school, but, like... It's not subtle. Like, I'm not saying no. I, although I'm neither confirming or denying it happened, <laughs> or, like, any of them would be subtle, but, like, it happened because you thought you were subtle. Oh, yeah, and none this, of us were in high school. This didn't happen, and it's just, like... And it doesn't have to be, like, going to a base or anything. No. But... We're not perverts. We're no. just, like, they might have been holding hands. They should they have been, have been holding, holding hands. hands. Well, and also, this, like, whole sex, like, the way that it's written, tension-wise, is just so like uncomfy like sexual tension can be written in a very compelling way where you're also like mm, yeah feeling like, some feelings you're waiting for it you're yeah on a bated breath right but here i'm just upset it's just so uncomfortable <laughs> just so upset so uncomfy oh and then at the end of it edward says well that was interesting and see i think he does that because he could smell exactly how crazy turned on she is ew yes <laughs> i hate that could you imagine how horrifying that would be I, oh, that's the worst thing I've heard all day. Yes! And is, I literally never want anyone to know when I'm horny, ever. And not by, like, smell, just, ugh. It's like, ugh. I really, oh, I really don't like that. That actually plays into something that Mike says later, which we'll get to. Yes, but but the comment doesn't even make all that much sense. It would, he should be smug, if anything else. He's a 17-year-old boy. Also, he's an ageless vampire, like, surely he's been horny before? In a 17-year-old body. Right. Like, there's a lot going on. And this is in a way later chapter, but, like, it's so gross to say, but it's, like, it's a function. Like, the horny parts are functional. Yes. That's... Yes. Yes. I'm upset. He has urges. Sex ed shouldn't be (laughs) embarrassing, kids, but also, like, ew. I don't want to think about it. Vampire sex ed should be embarrassing, kids. You should feel bad about thinking (laughs) about vampire penis. (laughs) Hashtag die for that day. Don't worry, we feel bad. Yes. And then after they are horny on Maine in biology, they, he walks over to Jim, and outside of Jim, he doesn't say goodbye. He, and I quote, brushed the length of my cheekbone with his fingertips. Outside of a gym, in high school. Ew. And then he just walks away. Doesn't say anything. Just turns, <laughs> walks away. I picture him speed walking away from that situation. Oh, absolutely. Like, just like, You bye. can't do that gracefully. Oh, my like, God. God, well, and they're not even officially dating. Also, like, there was, like, awkward hallway, like, goodbyes in high school with people dating, but this does not fall into any of those categories, really, there of the were, ones that I saw. There were two, one couple in high school that I remember, and 
he would walk outside of our class and they would like hold each other's faces. Oh my god, I had forgotten yes, about that. and stare deep into each other. They didn't date for very long. Off mic, you're gonna have to remind me of who those two people were, but yes. I do remember yeah. that. But just like hold each other's faces, stare into their eyes. And I'm sure they said goodbye. They were like talking the whole time. Right, but it was... Yes. And there's a difference between like making out in the hallway and this. This is weird. Well, and the thing, to me, like the ones that were most appropriate were like a hug. Yes. Like, it was still a weird thing to do in high school when, like, you were going to see them again in a few hours. But, like, high schoolers don't make any sense. No. So, like, a hug is fine. That, like, makes sense as a see you later. But this, like, gentle face touch is just, very upsetting. And to go from, like, I, hate, I, I hesitate to say 0 to 60 because this definitely isn't 60. But... Yeah, this is, a, this is like the sketchmobile when the accelerator wasn't working super well. <laughs> So Made a sketchmobile, rest, rest in paradise. <laughs> yes. So backstory, Colleen and I carpooled to high school together. And I dubbed her car the sketchmobile because it was a pretty old Mazda 3. But It wasn't even that old. It just didn't work that well. No, it did not work all that well. It got us where we needed to go. Mostly. Mostly. Well, the times that it didn't, you were not actually not in the car with me. Yes. But like two or three times I distinctly remember it not functioning were times that you were not with me. I was the good luck charm. But there was a time when, it wasn't the accelerator, it was the brakes that mm-hmm. like weren't really working, so you had to drive really slow and like stutter at every stop sign. Yeah, that's how I picture this yes, situation. Absolutely. Um, so does that mean that we have moved on to her interaction with Mike? I think so. Do you have any thoughts? I do. And I get that we don't really like Mike. He's done some shady things in the past. Shady's the wrong word, but... And Stupid teenage yeah, boy things. Yeah, for good reason. But the scene that we have with him almost makes me like him a little more. Sure, he's jealous, but he's acting out of concern for her. He's And he handles it pretty tactfully. Yeah, so I wrote, I literally wrote that I have mixed feelings about the scene. Because, like, Bella does not appreciate this interaction because he's questioning her, like, friendship, relationship, whatever the fuck this face-touchy thing is with Edward. So she describes it weirdly. She calls it this weird chivalry, which that word always, like, puts the hazards on in my brain. I'm mm-hmm. like, ooh, red flag. But when you read the interaction without Bella's imposed descriptors, it is just two friends talking to each other. And, like, even if I wasn't that good of a friend with someone, if I knew someone who had their face stroked outside of gym class, I would have been like, hey, what the fuck was up with that? And, like, Mike plays it off, I read it, almost as a playful thing. Like, you going up to your friend and ribbing your friend, being like, so, you and Edward, what's going on? And she, it says internally cursing Jessica straight to the fiery pits of Hades because Jessica's the gossip. But also, he just touched her face in, like, the weirdest way. Outside of gym, where everyone can see you. Like, that must be what Mike's talking about. Like, it is certainly not because of anything Jessica said. And even if it was, like, if he and Jess are dating, which I think they... They have gone on a date. They've gone on a date, but, like... They're both talky people. I can see her mentioning something about it to him, especially, like, we don't know how they're acting at lunch now because Bella's eating with Edward. So they could be, like, cozying and hanging at lunch as well in a way that they weren't before. Absolutely. Now that they've been on this date. And, like, I don't know, I tell my significant other everything. So, yeah, like, it doesn't... It's also, yeah. like, not that unreasonable because, like, Bella never said to Jess that it was a secret. Also, she and Jess and Mike are all friends with each other. Right. This is a thing that your friend does. And also, it doesn't matter because he stroked her face outside of gym class. That's weird as shit. None of this matters because that's clearly what he was talking about. Okay. And also, Mike brings up, he looks at you, dot, 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 like you're something to eat. That's kind of creepy. Like, if I noticed that, some guy looking at a friend of mine like she was something to eat, I would walk up to my friend and be like, hey, yo, 
you good? This is upsetting. This is kind of strange. Uh, there is a boy from our high school that I can picture looking at girls like that. <laughs> You'll have to remind me his name as well. <laughs> he was scary. Oh. Um, I don't like it. But, yeah, that's disgusting. And, yeah, it comes off as, like, concern for a friend. And just, like, talking to a friend about something that's happening yeah. to them. Like, this seems to be the first, A, like, in Bella's mind, interesting thing that's happened to her in Forks. And, B, like, thing that she's shown anything other than a blasé emotion towards. So, like, as her friend or someone who's been trying to be her friend, I get asking her questions about it. That seems yeah. really normal. It, it is really normal. In any world. But we dare not attack anything about the way that she interacts with it. Oh, of course not. Speaking of Edward, after Jim, yes. she's talking to Edward because he drove her to school, so he has to drive her home, and he intentionally let slip that he was listening to their conversation via Mike's thoughts. And she, understandably, I literally wrote, thank God Bella is finally mad at him for this invasion of privacy, but it's too little too late. Like, with every other boy in this school, with Eric, with Mike, with Tyler, when they asked her out, when they did like weird flirty things, she was very clear about her expectations for them. She was not mean. She yeah. was not like bitchy in any way about it she was just like i don't want to date you this is not the parameters of our relationship like yeah tyler went off and spread these rumors about prom but that was not because of any hedging bella did no that was because he's a dick she was really clear and direct about the communications and we mentioned that in earlier chapters and about her boundaries in terms of those situations and situations situations anyway but with saturations? this you <laughs> you this is a gross episode <laughs> It is. Um, I haven't even slurped in a gross <laughs> episode. Um, and here she just has not been clear because she never expressed beforehand when he told her that he could eavesdrop like this that it made her uncomfortable. We even brought up in an earlier episode that he was like, I'll be listening to your conversation with Jess. She did not bring up then that it... And she should have because it's it's a huge invasion of privacy. Yeah. And you've got to set these boundaries early, early and often. And this is what I do with my students. Like we have expectations that are clear from the beginning that are reminded of often and that are followed. And like, you shouldn't treat your significant other like a child, but the principle is the same. Yeah. It's still boundaries are boundaries and boundaries are so healthy. Right. And it, also, oh, go ahead. It boils down to respect. I think it does. And like, if you don't establish that from the start and keep it clear, there's no incentive for the other person like there's no incentive for the other person to follow through and you should just follow through because you're a good person if someone asks you not to do something even if it's been a while yes or they haven't it's been a while <laughs> um even if they haven't mentioned it before but if you want to like really consistently reinforce it you need to mention it every time it happens you need to set up like in my classroom it's like rules and consequences if i say at the beginning of the year this is like this is what happens when you do x and that doesn't happen every time x happens then I no longer have control over that rule. Yeah, like, an, that rule is no longer followed. It's an if-then statement. Like, yeah. if you do this, this is what happens. Like, when I hand out ukuleles, I'm like, if I have to say your name three times for mystery and ukulele, I take a ukulele away. It's gone. You lose the ukulele privileges. And usually after one or two kids lose their ukulele, that's the end of the issues. But if I didn't do that, then I would continue to have ukulele issues. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very specific problem. <laughs> but it's, like, the example remains. Yes. The root of the matter is the same. Yeah. And then later, he gives my favorite non-apology apology. Yeah. And by favorite, I mean, I hate it when people apologize like this. He said that I'm very sorry I upset you, which is not really an apology for his actions. Or he also intentionally does not say he won't do it again. Yeah, so she, he, she has to barter to get this apology. Um, she's mad at him after this, understandably. And for like, once. Yeah, finally. Uh, storms off to his car. 
And he says, what can I do to make you feel better? And her response is, don't you do- can apologize like you mean it and don't do it again. He says, what if I apologize like I mean it? And I let you drive on Saturday. He's like dangling this reward of something that she wants in front of her so he can get away with still doing it again. But she thinks that she's won. It's like the puppy again. Yeah, it's classical conditioning. Yeah. was what I wrote down in my notes. It's gross. You shouldn't treat other human beings like this. Yeah, I hate it. It's awful. Then he brings her home. Oh, we're forgetting um, her characterization issues then. So they're parked next to Rosalie's car. Are we? Yes, that's them. Oh, yes. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, this is, yes, go ahead. Um, so we're parked next to Rosalie's car, and it's a BMW M3 or whatever. It is a BMW M3. I'm so proud I remembered that. And she, Bella asks Edward what kind of car it is, and he says the... He says an M3. Yes, and she's like, what's that? I don't speak car and driver. Which is nuts, because up until this point, she's done a pretty good job of faking it. Right, well, and to me, the thing is, is that, like, this was this is the crux of like we all knew it in our hearts, but this is the text-based evidence that like Stephanie Meyer does not care to ha- let Bella have a personality because up to this point, our like few core character traits of Bella is that she's an introvert, she likes Edward, which is not a core personality trait, but unfortunately this is what we have to work with. She hates forks and is moody, and that's kind of it. Yeah. Other than that, she has shown a genuine interest and knowledge of cars, like. In her, like, this is her first-person perspective. Like, when she talks about cars, she calls them Camrys. Like, not even just a Toyota. Like, a specific model. She seems to like and understand them. She had some, what seemed like genuine, engaged banter with Jacob Black about cars. cars. And now we've hit this place where Stephanie Meyer has completely thrown that trait out the window, sacrificed it in order to, like, create this, like, quote-unquote, bantery, cute moment with Edward. And... That's just so disheartening and frustrating because it was like one of the few things we had to hold on to of like, this was how Bella is as a person. And it's harder too, because Bella, when she's in a bantery mood, is genuinely funny. Yeah, I love her banter. She has these quips that are wonderful. I wish she didn't only banter with Edward. Yes, laugh out loud funny quips. And to have that taken away from us, I feel, is just frustrating. Yeah. It's very sad. There's the potential for humor there, for Bella to be a humorous individual. Right, and, and unfortunately. We, we don't get that. <sighs> All right, then I guess we're at home. To the morning? To the morning. She wears a brown turtleneck. Which is sad. Like, why? Her hair is brown, her eyes are brown, her, her turtleneck sh- is brown. Her shits are brown. I hope, if they're not. <laughs> oh, yikes. Like, girl, needs a doctor. <laughs> Damn. And I think that's on purpose, like, adding to her self-imposed drabness. Right, because later on she even says her favorite color is brown. Which is just pathetic. Yeah, and well, actually, she then talks about deserts, and we'll get into why I hate the way she talks about deserts, but, uh, yeah, it's all just, like, she's trying to look like a turd, it seems. (laughs) Like a sexy turd. The outsides reflect the insides. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. I was gonna say something about intestines. I'm gonna refrain, and we're gonna move on. So it's not brown in the no, intestines. No, it's not brown in the intestines. It's not. It's only brown when it gets to the outside. So yes. your outsides are not like your insides. Your outsides are like the outside. They're like your insides at the latest part of the tube. Okay, let's stop. <laughs> let's completely stop talking about this. 
So, she, oh, she talks to Charlie a bit. Yes, and poor Charlie just wants to be involved in his daughter's life. He, he really keep, does. He keeps reaching out and being like, hey, you should go to the dance. Are you sure you can't go to the dance? He just wants her to be included and happy in Forks, and she's like, no, stop talking to me. She's just a shitty to him. It is, and it's sad. It is so sad. I love Charlie. He's just trying to be a good dad. Yeah. And he's doing a pretty good job. He is, and like, I feel like when you have a teenage child and they don't want to talk talk to you, you don't have a lot of things to say to them other than asking them about school Mm -hmm. or their extracurriculars. Bella has zero, so that leaves school. Yes. And this is his way of trying to ask about it, and I'm sad that she blows him off. Me too. So now we are in their car. Yes, and Edward pulls out, so they're asking questions. He's asking her questions. Yes, he's asking her questions. Now it's his turn, which is kind of ominous and gross. It's really uncomfortable, but he asks what's in her CD player. And she says the name of the band, and he pulls a CD, the same CD, out of, like, a pile of CDs in his car. And I think it's super creepy, because I think he was watching her when she was listening to the CD earlier, and just went out and bought the CD because he could, to, like, artificially have this similarity. See, I didn't think about it like that, and now I'm very upset. Well, because (laughs) Mr. Debussy over here, and he wouldn't like Debussy, we've established this, like, wouldn't go from classical masterpieces to Screamo. Yeah, that's true. I just wrote their shitty music taste is the only thing they have in common. Yikes. But that's way worse and probably way more likely, which is upsetting. Yeah. This kind of leads into my thoughts on this interrogation method of trying to get to know each other. It doesn't work. (laughs) I hate. And here's why. So I've been dating my boyfriend for over four years. And I went through all of the questions that he asks her in this little section by myself and was like, could I answer these about him? And the answer was yes to all of them, but what is your favorite gemstone? I did have to ask him that. The answer was emeralds. It's my birthstone. Wholesome. <laughs> um, and, but I realized as I was thinking about it, not but I realized, the reason that I did this experiment was because, yes, we've been dating for over four years, so I know all these things about him, but that's not how you think of a relationship. Like when I think of like, why we're dating, why I like him, like all these good things. I think about experiences, I think about feelings, I think about conversations we had and like things we did together. I don't think about like these kinds of like weird surface level listicle yeah. items. And so like, oh, your eyes are so pretty. That's why I stay with you. Right, and it was interesting too because recently we were talking and he was explaining why he finds it hard to give me specific compliments because he was like I don't think of my relationship with you and why I like you in this like a list I like know that I do and like in my brain there are all of these reasons that I do but it's not a list it's not these like specific things tick boxes right which is I think healthy and normal especially like when we've been dating as long as we have. So this way of getting to know each other is just, not only is it like very weird and invasive because mm-hmm. they like kind of had this deal of like, you have to answer every question on my day of questions. Yeah. So you can't be like, hey, I actually don't know you that well and I would rather not answer that question. Not that they either of them ask anything really deep. Well, because Bella doesn't have any boundaries when it comes to Edward. Right. Ew. But it's just not the right way to get to know someone. It's not the right way to like actually form a connection with them. No. And there is an article based on some psychology research about the 36 questions, um, not to make somebody fall in love with you, but like... 36 questions... Oh, it, it, was yeah. a, it was an experiment. Was can you ask these thirty six questions, stare into somebody's eyes for however many, however long? Will that make them, or will that 
predispose the two of you to falling in love. Yes. Not but, yes, the answer to that question is yes, but yes, but that yes, is But yes, it's a, it's a thing. Not the love, but the study. And those questions are really deep. Yeah. Like, one of them is, tell your life story in two minutes. And at the end of those two minutes, it's not a, you switch and then you're done and you never talk about it again. It's supposed to spark these conversations so you can find commonality. Right, and like create these experiences and these this depth of connection that like what's your favorite gemstone yeah does not provide at all it's a shortcut to intimacy right the 36 questions and what's your favorite gemstone isn't a shortcut to intimacy no not at all although i will say though 36 questions are fun party conversation starters yes, like they just are. picking one of them yes but again that's the point is that like you could pick one of those and talk about, i actually went on a road trip with a few of my friends back to my parents house in college and when we were getting really tired we pulled up that article and we started like talking about all the questions and it was really cool because like we had these very in-depth interesting conversations at like midnight on 95 yeah but like we used it kind of as a tool to like have a meaningful conversation to also keep us awake yeah but you know i'm not in love with every person that was in that car it was just like very interesting yeah and yeah just you know better than what's your favorite gemstone which speaking of she said hers was topaz because it was the color of his eyes that's contrived that's bullshit yeah and she also said that um when he asked why topaz and she got embarrassed the reason she didn't want to tell him was because she was afraid it would provoke strange anger her compliment Mm. she was afraid it would provoke strange anger i don't like that at all that's sad we've said enough about all of the abuse and the conditioning and his angriness. So I just wanted to yes. let, uh, let... We're just dropping that. Let, so it be, want it, let it be known that yes. this shit has happened again. <laughs> that it's not over. Yes. And then they go... Oh, I want to throw in briefly that, again, only the pretty formerly aloof boy will be the one she opens up to. Oh, Nobody right. else is good enough. Yes. And the other thing about her questions is she talks about how she likes brown today because of the desert now we are not from the desert desert we're from a desert e area desert adjacent area i would say adjacent and the way that so this is how she describes the desert she says brown is warm i miss brown everything that's supposed to be brown tree trunks rocks dirt is all covered up with squashy green stuff here which like deserts can be very beautiful there is definitely a beauty to deserts yeah i don't think that beauty comes from i mean tan maybe but like yeah, not brown also not tree trunks and rocks and dirt that is no. not the beauty of the desert no and those things like are probably still brown in forks washington like what is her deal with plants and what is her deal against green i don't i eh, i think it's an attempt to manufacture some sort of character in bella and i don't think it's working Right, because this is the only, like, weird quasi-character detail that has been created that I can't see a teenage girl inserting herself into. Yes. Like, every other, like, weird half-question we get, or not half-question, half-like thing we get about Bella's personality, even if they are not consistent, Mm -hmm. to me kind of say, like, oh, well, I can see a teenage girl being, like, oh, so relatable, much like myself. Yes. I can't see a teenage girl... Being no. like, oh yeah, I also love brown rocks and dirt and hate it when things are green. Unless she's trying to appeal to people from Phoenix specifically. But I don't even think that's a good descriptor for Phoenix. I don't think that. I've never been to Phoenix, but I don't think that's what Phoenix looks like. I, think I I've just been to don't. Phoenix Airport, but. I've been to the Flagstaff Airport when yeah. I went to the Grand Canyon, and that's not what Flagstaff looks like. No. Or the Grand Canyon, for that matter, which is... And there's a lot more colors in the desert than just brown. Right. I was about to say, the Grand Canyon is magnificently gorgeous and mostly brown, but, like, I wouldn't describe the Grand Canyon as brown. No. (laughs) Absolutely not. Like, that's not... That's not right. No. 
And okay. then they go back to biology. Oh my god. And, and once again watching... are horny and Okay, main. so they're watching these on VHS tapes, and if it's four hours long, there's no way this is one VHS. Like, you've got to swap out, a la yes. Sound of Music. A la Sound of Music, yes, I was Or My Fair that. Lady. Yeah. Not My Fair Lady. Uh, although I think that one has a VHS swap. It, it was, me. what I was thinking of was, a uh, Tara, Tara, um... I have no idea. Gone with the Wind. Oh, okay. Gone yes. with the Wind. Yes. That yes. also has a VHS. Yes. yes. Oh, I did miss, before we go on, mm-hmm. there was a part where she was talking when she's getting in the car with him. She's talking about doing all of these things and she says anything to see him, which to me is very reminiscent of like vintage Taylor Swift lyrics. Yes. But like, if you want that kind of like teenage girl like longing, just listen to vintage Taylor Swift. It's not as abusive as this. And even Taylor Swift has her boundaries. Like, she's got songs about guys who've wronged her. Yeah. And they're not, like, complimentary towards no, those men. Like, like, Dear John or... Um, Picture to Burn. Yes. Yeah, her yeah. version of uh, Carrie Underwood's Before He Cheats. Yes, absolutely. Before He Cheats is a better song. But, but the idea but is that, like... Yes. She at least, like, recognizes, but we've got your Hey Stevens, we've got your You Belong With Me's, we've got your Mm -hmm. uh, Love Stories. Like, listen to those songs if you want, or our song. Like, listen to those if you want to feel this, like, teenage girl longing, and there will be none of the abuse either. Yes. It will just be... You just get to sidestep that altogether. A fun, good time. Yes. Um, Anyway, we're back to how horny they are in biology. I'm so sorry that we distracted... It. And I think part of it's just the general level of repression between the two of them. Oh, yeah. And I get that Phoenix Public School sexual sex ed was probably shitty and didn't explore female sexuality at all. But like, girl, you're just horny. Breathe. Right. It'll she, pass. She's yeah. It's very very weird. She's almost like confounded by her own horniness. Yes. It's very strange. It's so weird. She also like goes on and on about how like she's like I've never talked this much like I don't know why he finds this interesting and I'm like well he's the one that wanted this weird interrogation day yeah so if he doesn't find it interesting he can ask you better questions like that's his bad true have we made it to when they're just like parked in front of her house so I had one comment so she goes to gym again and calls oh yeah our trip count is six for this chapter by the way that's I feel like an all time high I think it is. Um, but she goes to Jim and refers to, so Mike isn't talking to her that day in Jim because of quote unquote, their squabble yesterday, which, which was, it wasn't a squabble. Like it was barely even a conversation. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. So now they drive home. Um, so the, t- I have two things about them sitting in the car. Go for it. The first thing is when Edward decides to leave, uh, she's like, wow, like how late is it? Cause they've been in the car for so long. And he says, it's twilight. Bum, and then he says, it's the safest time of day for us, answering the unspoken question in my eyes. The easiest time, but also the saddest in a way. The end of another day, the return of the night. Darkness is so predictable, don't you think? He smiled wistfully. I like the night. Without the dark, we'd never see the stars, I frowned. Not that you see them here much. Which, first of all, with like the zero, I guess if it's cloudy, you wouldn't see them. But I'm yeah. betting there's very little light pollution around Forks. Oh, yeah. So you'd see a lot of stars when, when it's, it's not clear. cloudy. Yeah. Absolutely. But also, like, I guess that's why this book is called Twilight. Ugh. I mean, the whole interaction is just so cringy and so poorly layered. Like, yeah. there's, there's definitely, quote unquote, depth to it. I hesitate to say depth, but... It's quite poorly written. Yes. Yes. It's like fake deep. Yeah. The other thing I just want to mention is... Uh, don't know how long they spent in that car, but again, two teenagers sitting in a car, like, for over an hour, there's no way they're still just talking. And not touching. Yeah. This is a less wholesome version of what I was saying about biology class Oh, before. yeah, absolutely. Like, there's no, there's way no way they're just talking to each other. No, no, no. That's ridiculous. Yes. Anyway. That's fake. It sounds fake, but okay. It does sound fake. 
And then at the end of this chapter, we get to meet Billy. Yes. We get some more of this first person, third person thing where she notices how upset Edward is or like how tense he is leaving seeing Billy and Jacob. I would say particularly Billy. Yes. And how Billy then is so tense as well because he knows who she's been with. Yeah, who she's been with. Which is, I feel like every chapter in this book ends with like what's some what's supposed to be like a big cliffhanger like bum, I, bum, bum. yeah i want to end every chapter with dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah yeah and like it's right it says could he really believe the impossible legends his son has scoffed at the answer was clear in billy's eyes yes yes he could so also if we talked about the math of this earlier if it was 55 years ago that this happened he probably wasn't alive then, but he was probably close to it. Right, yeah. So if we assume that Jacob's great-grandfather was in his 40s when this happened, which mm-hmm. I think is a reasonable assumption, because if we assume he was any older, Billy would have been alive. Yeah. And that these people were having kids in their mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Billy is alive. Like, and if Billy had his kid at 25 and Jacob is 15, that puts Billy at 40. Right, well, and even, like, if the great-grandfather was 45 and he had his kid at 25... That makes the kid, like, 20. Yeah. And about ready to have his own kids. Yes. So it's not, like, an impossible legend, like, far removed from Billy. Like, they made this treaty, like, I would, I will be nice and assume that they made the treaty before Billy was born. Yes. I would guess that he had been born while the Cullens were still there. Oh, probably. Like, because the treaty was so that they could live there for a few years. Yeah, yeah, And, like, hang out. So... I would guess in that time, and maybe they only stay there for four years. Maybe they only stay for as long as it takes their kids to go through high school. Yeah. But even if they stay for four years, like, you're not going to have memories as a baby, but Billy was born while they were still there. Probably. And, yeah, so it makes Billy knowing guaranteed. Right. It's not some far-removed legend for him. It's not some far-removed legend for Jacob either, but we went into that. But Jacob's a 15-year-old boy, so... They're always just trying to impress people. They really are. I have one extra comment on Billy. Yeah. Um, is that the descriptor that we get for him is that he has black eyes that seem both too young and too ancient for the broad face they were set in, which is yet another Native American stereotype. Yeah. Thanks, Stephanie. It's also, like, that is, like, just also a way to treat minorities in general, like, talking mm-hmm. about how they're really, like, both juvenile, like, juvenilized is... Infantilizing. Yeah, infantilizing them by saying, like, they're too young and also, like, making them old and crinkly. The wisdom of nature, right. etc. Yeah. It's, it's the, the noble Native savage American. is right. the proper name for the trope. And the characters that we have met, Jacob and Billy, so far, both fall smack into it. Yeah. Also, Billy seems to be the, quote, complication of this chapter's title, which is unfortunate because... We'll get into it, but I happen to really like Billy. Yeah. And I don't think he's a complication. I think Edward's a dick. Also, like, people aren't complications. Right. They're people. Yeah, that's true. She she and Edward both do that. Yes. And that's all I had for this chapter. That is also all I had for this chapter. So um, you can, as always, find us on the socials. We are at Trashed Light with an E-D. And you can email us at Trashed trashheadlight <laughs> at gmail.com and catch our website trashheadlight.simplecast.fm where you can leave comments on episodes where you can find all the episodes as well um you can leave us an itunes rating in review you can interact with us in any way shape or form we'd many, love to hear from you many thank ways thank you all so much for listening thank you our next shout out will be to kaylee who sent us some fan mail via the email did she i haven't read she it. did so i oh. will give her a shout out on here as well since we've been shouting out people who emailed us fan absolutely. mail absolutely and um, 
we'll see you next yeah. week. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm.